You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash filmschool. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Shot in over 20 countries, last stop for Powell chronicles the adventures of two friends who travel around the world to scatter the ashes of their recently deceased friend. Winner of 45 Film Festival Awards, the film, which opened last Friday at the Lemley Sunset Five, is the most award-winning independent film of 2007. With us today is Neil Mant, the director and writer of Last Stop for Paul. Neil Mant, welcome to Film School. Thank you so much. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Now, you're just up the road in L.A., right? That's right. So it's a, the same old weather as we're having here. No, <laughs> no, nothing curious is going on there today. No, no, uh, yeah, no, it's no, out here no today. full moon in Southern California. Oh, good. is there is there a full moon? Did you ask us there a full yeah, moon? Yeah, I asked if there was a full moon today. I'm being silly. Now, what on earth possessed you to think that you could make a, a feature length film with no crew in one month? Well, I uh, myself and Mark Carter did it together, and we're both big travelers. We travel together as friends, and um, we're also producers and directors. So we thought, you know, wouldn't it be great to combine our two favorite things, our work and our play? With digital technology the way it is now, they make cameras that shoot an amazing picture and they're very small. So we knew that if we could plan the trip properly, we could capture everything and, and steal all the scenes and get away with it. Yeah. Now, what camera did you use, just out of curiosity? What were you using to shoot we used this? A, we used a Panasonic DVX100, and we shot it in the F5 mode, which is the 24P mode. It looked great. The film looked great. And what, what's curious about this film, too, is uh, initially you put some of the scenes up on the Internet and, and got some interest from that. Was this a pre-planned thing? The movie in its inception is as a series of short stories that are connected through these guys sprinkling the ashes of their buddy. So we knew that they would naturally tear apart and make it a short-form web series. And there's just there's more eyeballs on the Internet than anything else. Now, what kind of response were you getting? We got a little response. I mean, not a lot. It's tough because anyone that's ever put anything on YouTube knows, you know, you throw it up there and there's 10 zillion things up there. And, you know, you're just kind of a needle in a haystack. So yeah. for people to find you is very hard. I mean, unless you were actually promoted by YouTube or you were some kind of really, really simple viral video, uh, it would be very difficult. So if either one of you had started yelling about... Brittany. Or if we were Brittany shaving our head. And then you would have been really, really doing well. Let's recap for people who may not have seen the film, the last stop for Paul. You did this in literally 30 days? You filmed this in literally 30 days? It was shot, yeah. I mean, the trip took a little bit longer, but there were yeah. about 30 days of filming, yeah. And in 20 countries? So actually, there are 25 countries represented <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's about a dozen that are really, really majorly played out, but then there are other ones where we touched down in them. Did the story always, did it start out as ending up at the full moon party in Thailand? Was yeah, that, that was the goal. It was always to get to the full moon party in Thailand. You know, the place along the way is the color that makes it move. So you had this sort of, this is where we're going to go, and then the journey to get there. Now, there is a device that you use in the film, these two characters use in the film. They can afford the plane fares, but they can't really afford the accommodations. Now, is this something based in, in your real-life experience or something you heard about or read about as far as getting into these hotels the way um, you did? Yeah, I mean, just you know, for disclosure, it's, uh, they pose as writers for Fromers. Right. And uh, they scam free hotels under the auspices that they're going to be get, giving a good review of the hotel room for the Fromers book. No, I've never done that, but I, you know, I just, 
it just seemed like a very logical scam. Well, it's a great idea. I wouldn't be surprised to find out people had actually been been doing this because it's an excellent idea and you're going to as you show uh, in the film you you get the you could get the full treatment at these places so it's a it was a nice little device uh it's interesting like i did a similar device in my first movie hijacking hollywood it starred henry thomas uh-huh. in that movie he worked as a production assistant on a big budget movie and he steals the negative of the movie that he's supposed to transport from the airport to the lab uh, and it's like a shot scene. It's like they shot, you know, the most expensive day of the whole movie. So that, that box of film was worth millions of dollars. Uh-huh. So he steals that negative and holds it for ransom. <laughs> I thought it was very funny, and I found out later on that people do it all the time. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's very quiet. Like, Hollywood doesn't want to announce that this stuff's getting hijacked all the time. But Wow. Quietly get paid off. <laughs> well, now we know how we can make a killing, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. need to get a job as a production assistant. That's <laughs> apparently what I need to do. The film has there's a camaraderie between the two, and there's the, the, the film has there's a lot of f- fun attached to it. Now there's kind of an undercurrent because you are uh, you are taking the ashes of a of, of a friend, and you are sprinkling at these different uh, different sites around the world. Besides the frenetic pace that you were keeping was it a fun endeavor for you to put this together yeah i mean it really was it was uh it was long i was talking to a friend the other day and i didn't really really think about the, the math of it but to be honest i mean this movie is 23 years in the making i i had my first trip to europe 23 years ago and i've been thinking about you know every time i've gone anywhere i've been thinking about a story i've collected here or there and wow wouldn't these be great to put to be, to be put together in a movie and so you know conceptually i've been thinking about it for about 23 years and we shot the first scene four years ago, you know, part of my life. So, yeah, yeah, it's great that it's finally done. Yeah. Putting this film together, you, as you said, you were sort of rolling it out on YouTube, and you always had the idea in mind that you were going to put this together and it was going to be a narrative film that you were going to release. Is that, was that always the plan from the beginning? Well, kind of. I mean, the, the, the Internet version and the feature film version were, were created at the exact same time, mm-hmm. and uh, it was basically two versions of the same edit. Mm-hmm. We knew we were going to, you know, release the picture in some capacity. We didn't know how. I did not plan on releasing it theatrically. I didn't think that it was warranted. I mean, it's, it's, you know, a big deal to put a movie in a theater and get people to come out and, and try and get them to pay 10 bucks. I mean, that's, that's a, an undertaking. Yeah. I wouldn't have expected that it would have, like I said, warranted that, but it won so many film festivals, and it did so well. I was there, and I would see the audience reaction, and I just said, wow, this is something else. I mean, far more than I ever imagined. And uh, so then it just became something that I had to do. The first few festivals you entered it in, you're getting this great reaction, and the light goes on. I think we might be able to release this. We might be able to get a distributor for this and get it into a theater. I, I waited even longer. Like I, I didn't want to believe the success. I knew what it would mean if, I, if suddenly I was going to put it in a theater. But probably after the 10th or the 15th award, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, this is going to be with me for a long time now. <laughs> Does it conflict with your day job? Um, it does a little bit. I mean, my brother and I are television producers. We produce the show Jim Rome is Burning on ESPN, uh-huh. and we have some, had some other shows and other networks. So it's kind of, you know, here and there I have to jump away from it. But fortunately, you know, you have a partner for those reasons, and he's my partner, and he handles work when i got to do other things. Yeah. Very lucky with that. Did you approach a distributor? Who was who the, how was sort of the, the, the mechanics of this? Did you approach someone, or did anyone approach you in, in terms of the, getting the film in theaters? Yeah, we had spoken with Mark Cuban and his company about releasing it, but they wanted to do it just on video, and their offer came in before we had even played at one festival. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really early. It was, you know, it was flattering that they were interested, but it just was, 
we, we wanted to see what would happen with, the, with a little exposure. And they wanted to quickly get it out of video, and so we decided against that offer. And mm. then once we started doing festivals and winning awards, nobody else kind of stepped up. And so we ultimately, we had to release it ourselves. Mm. So we're playing in the theater right now, and it's released by my brother and I. We're speaking with Neil Mant, and the film is Last Stop for Paul. For filmmakers, it's a daunting hurdle to overcome to get from film festivals into uh, theaters. You basically are hoping you'll be approached by a major distributor and, and that they'll, they'll shoulder the responsibility of getting into the theaters. You're doing it yourself. Now, how hard is that? What goes into that? Do you approach Lemley and you, you talk to them about... Yeah, well, I contacted Lemley and AMC, and I sent them the, the film, and I had uh, created a marketing proposal for it. I showed up the pedigree of all the awards, and mm. we collected reviews, and so and I, you know, I said, you know, we, we tend to support it in this way, and this way, and this way. And I just created a really good plan, mm-hmm. and uh, then I, you know, just about selling them on, on me and the movie. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, okay, give it a shot. I've heard... A lot of different stories about getting into festivals. Certain festivals are obviously more difficult than others. Uh, as you go through this process, did you sort of have a strategy involved when you got into the festival circuit? Yeah, you know, initially I was like, I, you know, we'll see if we get into Sundance, or we'll see if we get into a couple of the bigger ones. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're very difficult to get into. A lot of connections are involved. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get into Sundance. And then, uh, then my, my strategy was really simple. I'm just going to go broad, it's just as many festivals as possible. Mm-hmm. And so we just submitted to a whole lot of festivals and went on from there. Does it help when you get picked up by one festival or a couple of festivals? Do they, other festivals that are down the line, do they start paying more attention to you? Did you find that that had an, an impact? You know what? I, I think sometimes it helps, sometimes it hurts. I think people see all those awards and they're like, you know, well, forget this. I don't want to deal with this guy. You know, mm. I, I don't know why. You know, there's haters out there sometimes. Yeah. Well, they and may then f- there's other people who are like, all right, well, this has been validated by everybody else. So we definitely have to have it. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a mix of that. When you're shooting this film, how much was edited out? Because you're doing it without a script, and, and it's just two of you. There must have been, I would say, a lot of footage. You know what, there's a fair amount of outtakes, but it's not, not, a, not a ridiculous amount. It's, mm-hmm. it's less than you would have on a, on a traditionally produced movie, for sure. Mm-hmm. Because when you're traditionally producing a movie, you're in a controlled environment, and you can take multiple takes. We rarely did. We would do one, two takes, and then we would move on. So, you know, in the outtakes, you're seeing one of the bad ones here. There, A lot of times, you know, scenes could have one take for the entire scene. So, whereas, you know, another movie might have six or seven or eight or ten takes and you know, 20 angles, we didn't have the time because we yeah. were stealing everything. So you weren't being so, Stanley Kubrick here, you were. <laughs> yeah, so there probably is a lot less footage. Yeah. Were most people uh, good-spirited about joining you in your project, or do you have some oh. people push you away? <laughs> no, no, most people were very excited to be a part of it. They didn't know. I mean, I can... There's nobody who imagined, and like I said, I didn't even imagine it would be in theaters. So it wasn't something that somebody was like, "Ah, oh, well, this is going to be in movie theaters in a couple yeah. of years. So I better, you know, do this or that." I mean, that, that wasn't on their mind. They were thinking, that "I was just some guy shooting home movies." Basically, is that how you approached them on the street, as if this were a home movie? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, really? So you were setting them all up well, and getting the, <laughs> the well, takes as a home movie. Well, in a way, it really would work. You, it's a couple of guys with a camera, and no crew, really, virtually nothing around them that would give them any indication that this was a, a full-blown movie project. Uh, right. So I imagine it made it a lot easier that Traveling Light gave you that opportunity to be able to say that to people and then Absolutely be Ill, uh, more at ease with, the, with what you were doing. Now, you used a lot of people to, you, as you met them along the way. 
I imagine by the time you were done with this, you got very good at approaching people and asking them to do these things. I don't think it, that that changed at all. I mean, I okay. come from you know a news background, so yeah. I'm used to kind of dealing with people on the street at any point. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that skill set is already in me, and that definitely helped make it happen, for sure. We're speaking with Neil Matt and the, the director of the film, The Last Stop for Paul. It's up in Los Angeles right now. Uh, any plans? Are we rolling it out beyond Los Angeles, other parts of the country? People should well, be none of that right now, actually. Um, I'm trying to figure out exactly what cities to roll to next. Okay. So, um, Detroit, New York are possibilities because I grew up in New York. Or Detroit, and I have a lot of family and friends in New York. Um, but beyond there, I really haven't decided. I'm looking into different... Um, I know there's a like a college film festival circuit where people book movies for colleges. Uh-huh. I'm actually trying to figure out who those organizations are right now. Uh, what I'm hearing from you, what is impressive about what you've been able to do with the film is... You are a filmmaker who is also very involved with the marketing of the film. And uh, I, I've, I imagine from our interviews as we have gone through this with a number of other directors, more and more of the independent filmmakers are much better at figuring out how to get the film after it's made, how to get it in front of the public. And I think that's, that's a byproduct of the technology and just the, just the sort of savvy people have. And obviously, you've been doing that. Yeah. Right? Do you wish? Do you wish you weren't doing it? Yeah, I wish I was not doing it. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> but you know, I mean, the reality is, it's like here I am. You know, I'm not going to give up on the project. I know it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it is you know annoying that I have to do all this extra work because it's like you know it's, I'd rather be moving on to other things or doing you know other things. But it, this is what I have to do. Yeah. And you can't you can't just say all right, well you know I have a hurdle I got to just give up. I mean <laughs> yeah. you got to jump over it and be like all right I'm going to do this. I'm going to put my distributor hat on now and I'm going to get it. I'm going to do it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to be better for it. I know that. You know, it just takes up time, and it's, you know, that's all. It, it's just frustrating. But you know what? Yeah. At the end of the day, I go into the theater, and there's people in there, and they come out, and they say, wow, that was great. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that makes it worth it for me. Are you planning any any similar productions, like similar to what you did with Last Stop for Paul? Yeah, I have another movie that's dating stories related. Well, there were already a few in uh, Last Stop for Paul, so... Yeah, there was uh, some dating and... Some inspiration (laughs) in that film. Well, Are these a a series of vignettes on dating? Yes, I can imagine there'll be a lot of... (laughs) Is there any killing involved? Um, (laughs) No. No, not not yet. Yeah. (laughs) I really admire that you and your partner here have been able to put together something... It pushes the ball along for people who are in the independent filmmaking community that to be able to run a, a low-to-the-ground operation like you did, put together a good film, a funny film, a, a film that makes you feel good, and get it into the theaters. And so uh, right there, that's a, a wonderful achievement on your part. Appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank you, Neil, for, for coming on Film School. The, the film is Last Stop for Paul. It's playing at the Lemley up in Los Angeles, and at the AMC Santa Monica. So, so be sure and check it out. Neil Mann, thank you for coming on Film School. You bet. Thank you. To learn more about Film School, listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.